0: Howdy. Today, February 8th, 2023, we are previewing Ohio State's matchup with the Northwestern Wildcats. And not only is today, February 8th, a warm day here in the Ohio region, should we say, it's also National Laugh and Get Rich Day. No idea how that came about. All I know is that every time Ohio State loses, all Bryce can do is laugh and think about how he, in just a few short months, will be rich as a first-round NBA draft prospect. On today's show, one thing and one thing only, we're going to review Northwestern and cross our fingers that Ohio State can finally pick up a win. We've talked at length about how much Ohio State has struggled in recent weeks, that is to say, since pretty much literally January 1st, which is the last time Ohio State and Northwestern played. But we'll do our best to preview this game and see how can Ohio State take down Northwestern. Let's start by previewing Northwestern and their resume. They're 16-7 and right now, 7-5 in the mighty, mighty Big Ten Conference. Their non-conference schedule, lackluster, not a word I'll use all that much, so you know it's serious, their non-conference schedule, not good. Ken Palm says it's the 276th strongest out of 363 teams, so they're not going out there in their non-conference, at least this year, and facing world beaters in the non-conference. They had 11 non-conference games, and in those 11 games, four of those came from Power 6 programs. Let's peel it back a little bit more. One of those was Georgetown, so that doesn't really count, now does it? Another one, Auburn. Great team to face. They scored 40 points and a loss to Auburn. If you heard my phone go off, I'm so sorry. That's so unprofessional. Faced Auburn and lost by, I think, a point or two. Like 43-42, very similar to the Tennessee-Auburn game we saw just over the weekend. Northwestern lost that one in the Cancun Challenge. They also lost to Pitt in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Their only real, true, power six non-conference game in which they actually scheduled it, and it wasn't a part of a tournament, which was kind of random, and you see who gets thrown your way, was DePaul, where they did win that game. So, great job, Northwestern, taking out DePaul. Not only did they take him out, this game was also in December, so kind of means a little bit more than a loss to Pitt in November. But, Northwestern, they go out and beat DePaul 83-45. to So, nice win there for Northwestern. The rest of their games in the non-conference were directional online campus, Central Community College State School University, in which we don't really care about those games. And then, Northwestern entered Big Ten Conference play. And at about that time was when Ohio State fans were on top of the world. They just got off of a pretty solid non-conference bout where they played some good teams. Duke, you can say they held their own, I guess, against Duke. Took North Carolina into overtime. Played competitively or crushed Cincinnati, San Diego State, Texas Tech, some solid games on that resume for Ohio State. They're ready to go rip-roaring into the Big Ten conference play and go bolster their resume. Where they were ranked, hoping to get on the maybe the 4, the 5, the 6 seed line. In the words of the great Lee Corso, not so fast. After Ohio State would win the first matchup on New Year's Day, which was also the first day sports betting was legal in Ohio. I felt good about Ohio State that year. That day, by the way. I hope you did too. If if I gave any kind of betting advice, which I don't, I would have said, take Ohio State in the points in that game. Ohio State only favored by two. They would go on to win 73-57 to in that first matchup. Outside of the Ohio State loss that Northwestern had to start their Big Ten play. Actually, they played Michigan State in December and won that game. Outside of that, they have played some very tough teams. They've won some games. They've also lost some games because that's how it goes in Big Ten play. To be more specific, they beat Michigan State, as I mentioned. They've also got wins over Illinois and Indiana, two teams firmly in the tournament right now, and two wins over Wisconsin. Bubble team right now, probably on the outside looking in, but still good wins to have. Then you look more specifically at where Northwestern is going to go from here. This is a team to keep your eye on because right now they're a nine seed according to ESPN, they're a 10 seed according to CBS, and Fox has them at the 11 seed. So, this is a team by no means firmly in the NCAA tournament. After this game with Ohio State, it's brutal. Four games back to back to back to back. They'll play Purdue, they'll play Indiana, they'll play Iowa. And then they'll play Illinois. All of those games, back-to-back. No cups, cake schedule games in there. All really, really good teams. So keep an eye on Northwestern. This is a game that they really need to win so that they can go take care of business elsewhere. They can't really afford to lose this game with losses probably coming up. If they go 4-0, if you lay down some kind of future parlay on Northwestern beating Purdue, Indiana, Iowa, and Illinois, you're going to win a lot of money for that. Probably not going to happen. They'll get a little bit of a break, and then they also still have to face Penn State and Rutgers, two teams who may be battling it out for NCAA tournament bids as well. So this Northwestern team, to this point, they've played some solid teams, pretty much all of which have been in Big Ten play, so not the most tested. But now that we're firmly into February, it doesn't really matter. If you're playing in conference play, are tested at this point northwestern ranked 59th in ken palm right now 52nd in net and in quad one games this year they are sitting 500 four and four again bubble team right now is northwestern but they could be a plucky team in the tournament they could win a couple of games i'll talk about why they could do that here in a second but Let's transition ever so slightly here to talk about Northwestern as a team, performance, where are they good, where are they not good? Well, where they're good is on the defensive side of the ball. Ken Palm defensive efficiency ranks 34th right now. Very, very good when you have over 360 teams in NCAA Division I. So good for you, Northwestern, putting the clamps on every so often offensively though not the best 98th and offensive efficiency which when you when you isolate that stat doesn't look great but at the same time there's a lot more that goes into it so just something to be aware of we'll talk about their individual performers and they've got two big ones we'll talk about those here when we go into the individual performers Taking a look at their scoring offense in the Big Ten at least, they're ranked 10th right now, averaging 68 points per game, and they're also the worst shooting team in the Big Ten from the field at 40.1%. So this is not a team that's probably going to go up there and hang 85 on you. You probably don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about them shooting the lights out. They're also 11th in three-point shooting in the Big Ten at 31.6% of their three-point attempts going through the rim. They do shoot a lot behind the arc, though. They're not afraid to to let them fly. They're just not going to hit that many. And they're also, just so you know, they're a good free throw team. So if we're at a 62 to 58 game with three minutes left in the second half and Northwestern is in the bonus, they're going to have a good shot to pull that game away just because they're a solid free throw shooting team and they've got two of the best in the Big Ten wearing a Northwestern uniform. Defensively, This is where they shine a little bit more than where they're at on the offensive side of the ball. They're third in scoring defense as of right now, giving up 62 points per game. That's a pretty solid mark. They're also third in defensive field goal percentage given up at 40.1%. Does that 40.1% number sound familiar? I'll let you think on it for a second here. Noodle on it. Did you hear that number previously? Well, if you didn't, you're not listening very closely. To me, and I would suggest that you do listen closely to me because it would make me happy. 40.1% of their shots go in, 40.1% of opponent shots also go in. That's a fun fact. You will not get that from any other Big Ten or Ohio State basketball podcast out there. I might be the only one to dig that stat up. It's not really all that important, it doesn't matter, it's not life changing. It's not your magic bullet to winning a game, but not only are they shooting 40.1% offensively, but defensively, they're, they're letting 40.1% of shots go in. Just a cool stat, nothing more. That's third in the Big Ten, by the way, if I didn't mention that. Not a great team when defending the three. 13th in the Big Ten, allowing 35.2% of shots to go in from behind the arc. Defensively, as well, they'll block some shots. They definitely will create turnovers. They're second in the Big Ten in steals. But overall, not a team that scares you all that much on the defensive side of the ball, but more so on the defensive side of the ball than the offensive side of the ball. And the other thing that we should mention as well with Northwestern, they've got easily, and I mean easily, the best turnover margin in the Big Ten. They're averaging getting 14 turnovers forced compared to suffering 10 turnovers every game. They're at a plus 4.09 per game average, so they take care of the basketball well. We talked about squeezing the orange previously with the Wisconsin and the Michigan games. Ohio State's done that really, really well. Northwestern does it better than anyone. They are not careless with the basketball. They do not go out and and set too wide of ball screens, or take, or force charges, take charge, you're you're not taking the charge, you're you're the one doing the charging, Northwestern doesn't do too much of that, they don't throw the ball out of bounds, they don't back cut, throw the ball out, drop passes, things like that, this is just a well-maintained offense from Northwestern, so good for them on that, again, that's a strength that Ohio State has as well, but Something worth noting, that Northwestern is not going to give the ball away. Ohio State, a team that likes to score in transition, run, push the ball up the floor, they may not get the chance to do that all that much, at least off of turnovers in this one because of how well Northwestern maintains the ball on the offensive end. So to summarize where Northwestern is at on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, rebounding as well, I'll mention that they're plus one on the season, they're an average rebounding team, nothing too crazy on on that end as well. Offensively, an okay team, a so-so team, some may say. Individually, they've got some scorers on this team, but as a whole, when you've got a couple scores and nothing else, i.e. Ohio State basketball, you can't see me because this is podcast, but I was kind of shielding my mouth as if it's a a secret, which it is in fact not. When you don't have a lot of support and a lot of other players who can score, you put a lot of pressure on one or two guys, and those two guys have to do everything. It's make it or break it. So, Northwestern, okay offensively, pretty solid defensively, a team that has a lot to play for right now. They do not want to have to worry about another loss, on their resume, especially to a team like Ohio State that is not going to the NCAA tournament. They want to get this win, get in, and get out, and then move on to that gauntlet of a schedule that includes Purdue, Indiana, Iowa, Illinois. Let's talk about individual performers. I've teased that a little bit. I hope at this point you want to hear about that. We'll talk about Northwestern's top two players. If you... Missed the first Northwestern game. I know it was January 1st, and if you're not a really big Ohio State fan or you had some New Year's Day plans, that's fine. I got you covered. Northwestern has two players that are very, very good. Fun fact. Number one is Boo Booey. Love the name. If you're going first-team All-American name list, Boo Booey, he he may be number one, honestly. he, He may be in the top five getting him a selection on that first team of best names in the NCAA. Say it. I'll I'll pause here. Say it with me. Boo Booey. Boo Booey. That is fun to say. Thank you, Boo Booey. Senior. He's averaging 16.1 points per game. That is good for eighth in the Big Ten. He's also a really, really solid shooter from the field. 38.7%. That is 15th in the Big Ten. And... This young man is the best free throw shooter in the Big Ten. He's hitting nearly 90% of his free throws. About 9 of every 10 go in. He's at 89.7% right now. Again, that is best in the Big Ten. And then he can distribute the ball as well. He is the playmaker. He is the facilitator on the Northwestern offensive side. His 4.5 assists per game is good for fifth in the Big Ten as of time of recording this. Who is Bowie anecdotally? Or when you look at the film, what type of player do you see? Well, number one, he's explosive off the dribble. He's not the best shooter from three. I think last I checked, he was below 30% from behind the arc this year. So not the best shooter from deep. But where he can score is explosiveness off the dribble, especially if he's got space. You look at how he went out and had a big game. I think it was against Iowa, potentially. Um, He's had a couple of big games. But when you look at Boo Booey, there was one game that I watched of him where when you're watching this guy play and when he gets space or when they're going in transition, he will just drive. He will go downhill. He will go 100 miles per hour and score. So he's explosive off the dribble. He can finish really well around the hoop as well. He's finished with both hands. I've seen that multiple times, which is a strength that you should probably have on the division one college basketball level, but he'll make his shots around the rim. He'll hit open shots as well. Not as efficiently as, as you would like to see a player hit, but he will hit them. Not the best shooter again. And then again, he, he just seems to love playing downhill. If you give him a screen or you give him the chance, you give him space, he's going to take advantage of that space, and he's going to go score. Boo -boo Booey, incredible scorer here on this Northwestern team. And his partner in crime, his sidekick, or I don't know who would be the sidekick between these two players, it's Chase Adige. Chase Adige is how you pronounce that last name. Redshirt senior... And William and Mary Transplant, coming from the mighty, mighty mid-majors. So thanks for joining us here in the Big Ten, Chase. He's been with Northwestern for a couple years, however, I will say. So you heard the stats from Boo Booey. Chase Adige, his scoring, his free throw shooting, all that stuff, very, very similar. When you look at just statistically these two players, they're pretty much the same player. Boo Booey. Eighth in scoring in the Big Ten, Chase Adige is 10th at 15.3 points per game. He makes 39.2% of his field goals. That's 14th in the Big Ten, whereas Bubui is 15th at 38.7%. These two players will flip up and down for the field goal shooting rankings in the Big Ten, and then... He's also another really, really good free throw shooter. This is why I said early on in the pod, BooBooey, solid free throw shooter. This team as a whole, Northwestern, very, very good when it comes to free throw shooting. Chase Boo BooBooey, the two players who anchor Northwestern. From the charity stripe, he makes 84.7% of his free throws. That's good for third best in the Big Ten. And he's also leading the Big Ten in steals per game defensive player 2.5 steals per game 2.5 steals per game that's a lot those are that means some games he's going out getting three four steals in a game I didn't go back and and check to see the most amount of steals he's had in a game this year but 2.5 steals per game is very very good so he'll put the clamps on you he'll take advantage when you put the ball out and he'll take it away now Boo -boo more of a driving player, likes to finish, likes to use his speed. Chase Adige, definitely more of the shooting type. He can also throw it down. He's explosive. He's athletic. He will yam it on you if given the opportunity. I mean literally you, the listener right now. If you're listening and you're not playing Division I basketball or you're not a highly touted recruit in high school right now, He'll probably have the ability to yam on you. Just just be aware. Be advised. Outside of those two players, Northwestern does not have a lot. Matthew Nicholson, he's 19th in the Big Ten in rebounding. Six rebounds per game. That's a leading rebounder on the team for Northwestern. And he's averaging 1.3 blocks per game. That's 8th in the Big Ten as well. Again, like I mentioned. Northwestern can block some shots. They're much better at, at getting out in the passing lanes and forcing turnovers than they are at blocking shots. But, but this Northwestern team will block some shots as well. So how can Ohio State beat Northwestern? Well, if you go back and you look at how Ohio State beat Northwestern in that first game, again, it was not pretty. Ohio State won that game 73-57. to At halftime, Ohio State led 35-17. to That looks like a final score of last fall when the Ohio State football team beat the Northwestern football team, although it actually wasn't that pretty or anywhere close to that. Rainy day, super windy. I think it was like hurricane-force winds. That's not what we're here to talk about, though. Our whole issue with Ohio State podcasts and Ohio State media is in the first place is the fact that we talk way more about Ohio State football than we do Ohio State basketball. So far be it from me to make that mistake again, at least on this episode. The Northwestern-Ohio State basketball game on January 1st, by the way, I just saw this number. Northwestern, notoriously a, a very smart school. They're prestigious in other ways than their athletics but they had just over 4,000 people in attendance for this game. 4,372 people, the official attendance for that game in which they got whomped by Ohio State. Or is the proper word walloped? You decide. Bryce Sensenbaugh in that game had 18 points. Sean McNeil had 15 points, just assuming 13. Zed key 11. And then off the bench, Tanner Holden had 8. He probably won't have eight in this game. Spoiler, Bruce Thornton had six. Eugene Brown had two. No other scorers, but Ohio State rotated a bunch of guys into that game. How did Ohio State win this game? Well, you look at the first half, they made their shots. They shot at 42% from the field. They hit a couple of threes. And in the second half, their shooting continued where they played really well. But points in the paint, Ohio State dominated they scored 32 points in the paint compared to northwestern's 14 so they were really really good down low they also were successful with their fast break second chance points second chance points they had 11 they had seven fast break points that's really where they were able to get out to uh, a lead and even though they turned the ball over more than northwestern which is what you typically see with a northwestern team they had 12 turnovers and Northwestern only had seven. Where Ohio State was really, really strong was with shutting down Boo Booey. Boo Booey in that game had 10 points. He was three of 15 from the field. Yuck. Very, very bad shooting performance from Boo Booey, who also was three of 10 from three, which in all reality, that's not bad. That's actually better than his three-point season average. From the three-point line, you're chucking up 10 threes in a game. I'm hoping you're making at least four of those. You better be hot to be shooting with that type of volume. Boo Booey was not hot that night. Scored 10 points, 3-10 of from three. Made half his free throws, one of two. Chase Audige, on the other hand, 16 points and shot 6-17 of from the field. It was just a bad shooting night from Northwestern. Overall, in this game, they were 19 of 67 from the field. That's about 21% for Northwestern. uh, Or, or sorry, 21% was their their first half field goals. Their their full game field goals was 28.4%, so still not good. So that's where Ohio State won this game, was by completely shutting down Northwestern. You can let Chase... Adige, go out and score 16, and that's fine if he's your leading scorer at 16. But if Boo -Boo, Booey doesn't score, then you're going to be in a good spot as well. So you've got to shut down at least one of the two players that are the stars under the Northwestern team, and you've got to lock it down defensively outside of that, rebound, and then go score on the offensive end of the floor. So the number one spot where Ohio State can beat Northwestern, the cheat code is to limit, hamper, contain, Whatever word you want to use, boo-booey and chase Adish. If you can do that, Northwestern has nothing. They don't really have a lot of depth when it comes to scoring on this team. So do that first and foremost. Second, Northwestern. Again, they shoot a lot from behind the three. They'll hit some. But overall, they're the worst shooting team in the Big Ten. If you can put the clamps on them, Not allow them to get open looks, or even if they do get open looks, they may not hit them. Frustrate them offensively, and this Ohio State basketball team is easily good enough offensively to beat Northwestern. I said in my Michigan recap, when my audio was distorted, and you never heard it, and it was lost into the great unknown, for the end of time, forever and ever, amen, I said in my recap, I thought Ohio State didn't look horrible against Michigan. They didn't look great, but they didn't look horrible. Bruce Thornton said the team played a little bit more freely. Thornton himself said he didn't personally play better. I'd beg to differ because you went out and scored more than 20 points and had your career high, but whatever. Agree to disagree, Bruce. Ohio State played better against Michigan. I'm cautiously optimistic about this game. I was never more confident in a game since January 1st than I was for the Ohio State-Wisconsin game. That didn't end well. I'm cautiously optimistic that Ohio State can win this game. We'll see what happens. Should be a tight one. I think it'll be low scoring again. But if Ohio State is going to finally pick up a win and prove that they at least belong in the National Invitational Tournament, wouldn't it be fun to return to Madison Square Garden and win one of those again? I mean, look, it's never the the expectation or the norm to go win the NIT. But if you're going to be in it, you might as well win it. That's what Ohio State did years ago. What Was that like Twenty early 2010s-ish? Anywho, we'll see how this game goes. I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be low scoring. Ohio State at least has a shot. In previous games, the Michigan game, didn't really think they had a shot. They've got a shot in this one. Stay tuned. I'll come out with a review episode of the northwestern game coming up here on friday morning is when that'll be announced so that you don't miss it can you do one thing for me before you leave here if you're still listening to this point you're a trooper by the way thank you for that but if you don't mind follow subscribe turn on the notifications if you really want to know and be the first listener of this podcast every time an episode comes out but Hit follow, hit subscribe. That'll help me out. That'll help you out because then you're not at least forced to listen to the newest podcast, but you are encouraged to do so and it will be in front of you so that you do not forget about me. Thank you for listening to this Northwestern preview. Excited to talk to you again here in a couple of days. Until then, Go Bucks!